Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, and welcome to the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. My name is Jonathan Messenger, and with me is my good buddy and intro bot, Bebop Robomogo Wanatron. Say hi to everybody, Bebop. Hi, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Wait, Bebop, Bebop. We just got started. Where are you going? I know, Jonathan, but I don't have time for this. What do you mean you don't have time for this? This is literally the only thing you do. That's not true. I also eat, plan pranks, and execute those pranks. Okay, whoa. Let's not get started on the pranks again. Anyway, say, uh... Wait, wait, wait. Bebop, Bebop. Seriously, where are you going? I'm going to finish the third episode of the next season of Bebop Tales. Oh, that's great. How's that coming, by the way? Amazing. Would you like to hear a sneak peek? Uh, yeah, I'd love it, and I'm sure our audience would too. Great. So do you have a clip that I could play, or...? No, Jonathan. A born actor like me doesn't need clips. I'll just perform it right here. Okay, so to set things up so you know what's going on, I am in this episode, and I am the hero. Well, yeah, yeah, I figured. And something has just gone tragically wrong. Oh, no. Okay, Jonathan, can you say action for me? Okay. And action. No. Why? Tennis ball. Why? Why? Tennis ball? Why? Is that what you said? Yeah, you really have to hear the whole thing in context. Okay, yeah, that sounds like it. Well, that is exciting, and good luck with your work on that. In the meantime, if you remember what happened in our last episode, the kids were warned by Dell, the funky game show host, that Mr. Sparkles may be leading them astray. But nevertheless, they travel to the next planet, and it's here where we pick up our story in The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, Season 3, Episode 9, Which Witch. Elias was enjoying a nice cup of hot cocoa when his friends found him. It was Meg who opened the door to the small cottage without knocking, kicking it in, and leading the rush into the room. They found Elias sitting in a comfortable chair, the fireplace warming his feet, and an old lady wrapped in a blanket seated across from him in a rocking chair. Oh, there you guys are! said Elias. Where were you? Where were we? said Vale. Where were we? We were out there looking for you. You 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 were you were just disappeared. And we searched and searched everywhere. 
When the explorers had landed on the planet, Elias was the first one off the pod, and they almost immediately lost him. He was just gone. He didn't respond over the communication system, and they couldn't see any tracks in the loose purple dirt of the planet to follow him. They stuck close together, afraid of losing another explorer to whatever mysterious force had grabbed Elias. It's funny, said Elias. You know how I always end up getting grabbed first? Well, this time, I didn't even get grabbed. I just stumbled upon Mrs. Jenkins here. He nodded to the old lady, and she smiled at his friends. And she invited me into her house. I thought you guys were right behind me. We've had hot chocolate, we've had regular chocolate, and these things called chocolate donuts that are like little chocolate halos stolen from tiny chocolate angels. Elias! yelled Finn. Snap out of it! You've been gone for three days. You have no idea what we've been through out there. We went up the mountain, we went down the mountain. Yeah, said Abigail. And we went into that weird maze out there and ran into some sort of king pig. And it made Foggy recite a poem or it was going to trap us there forever. <coughs> said Foggy. A rainbow would be jealous of the curl of the king's tail. Not now, Foggy, said Finn. And that's not all. We've been snowed on, rained on, hailed on, and blown around in a tornado. Wow said Elias. You guys have really earned some hot chocolate. Why don't you pop into the kitchen and... But he saw the looks on his friends' faces and stopped talking. I think I understand what's happening here, said the old woman. Like Elias, this is your first time on this planet. First of all, welcome. And second of all, a warning. It is very dangerous out there. Thanks, said Vale. Thanks a lot for that warning. Three very weird days too late. I don't blame you for being cross, said Mrs. Jenkins. This planet was once one of peace and calm. That was until the witches took over. Now they and their minions, like that pig king you encountered, have the run of the place. My home here is one of very few sanctuaries left. Sanctuary is a fancy word for safe place with tons of chocolate, said Elias. Now that you are all here, continued the old woman, turning to the rest of the crew, you may begin your mission. Wait a second, said Paige. Abigail is our captain, and she's the one who hands out missions. And if she's not around, I, Sergeant Page Caspian, give the orders. Well, said Finn. Okay, fine. We can discuss rank later, said Page. The point is that our mission is to find our parents, not to do the bidding of the woman who kidnapped Elias. Kidnapped? said Mrs. Jenkins. Goodness, no. I saved him. For it is Elias here who will be the one to save our entire planet. Now, understand this. As I said, we are ruled by witches here. That is why you had such a difficult 
time out there. But truthfully, it is only one witch which concerns us most. She holds many poor souls under her sway. I was once one of those souls, but now I am free. Elias, in the house upon the hill, up the path to the north, you will find a humble cottage just like mine, and there you will find the grand high witch. Defeat her, and you will free this planet from her rule. Okay, said Elias. But why me? I'm the engineer. Robots are more my thing. I bet Paige would be better at this sort of thing. No, said the old woman. It must be you, because you have been listening to my stories these three days, and I see in you an ability to think on your feet. Nope, said Elias. Nope, that's not me. I prefer to think with a manual or a notebook in my hand. Mrs. Jenkins told the explorers that there were four creatures who lived in the cottage upon the hill. They dressed and looked like her, but they were not women. That was just their disguise. One is the Grand High Witch. You will need to confront the Grand High Witch, she said. But first you must make it past her three cronies. And how do we do that? said Meg, growing impatient. Not we, dear, just Elias here. It is his job. Elias, you must find a way to disarm these witches. They will try to trick you at every step, to hypnotize and confuse you, trap you in their cottage. But you mustn't let them. And you absolutely must not let the light in that cottage go out. If you do... Oh, I don't want to say what will happen. Now, listen carefully. One witch always speaks in rhyme. One witch always speaks in questions. And the third always whispers. This is very important. Now, go, defeat them, and you will find yourself in the presence of the Grand High Witch. And what am I supposed to do then? Said Elias, taking a sip of his hot chocolate to wash down another bite of chocolate donut. I don't know, said Mrs. Jenkins. No one's ever survived all the way through. Okay, now, off you go. And just like that, Elias was transported out of the warmth of the cottage. The donut ripped from his grasp, the sweet taste of chocolate, now a bitter remembrance of what life had been. He found himself outside a shack, freezing. There was no wind to speak of, but still he felt the air moved through him and chilled his bones. He placed a hand on the door's knocker, and the door creaked open. <laughs> Hello, yelled Elias. 
but no answer came. There was only darkness ahead of him. He stepped in and shut the door behind him. And immediately, three candles flickered to life, and a lantern placed atop an armoire against the far wall ignited. He could see one door next to the armoire, but otherwise the room was empty. Empty except for the short woman who stood just a step in front of the lantern, her face shrouded in shadow. She didn't appear to be older like Mrs. Jenkins, but neither was she a child. But she was so short, Elias's eyes had missed her on their first trip around the room. For a minute, they stood, staring at each other, saying nothing. Until Elias said, Hi, I was sent here to meet three witches. Are you who I was supposed to meet? The little witch didn't look at Elias, but said in a low whisper, Why do you come all the way up here, smelling of something so sweet? One of the candles flickered out. Wait, are you the one who whispers or the one who asks questions? Said Elias. This doesn't seem fair. You'll have to figure it out for yourself, said the lady. Another candle snuffed out, turning the room even darker. But I wonder, do you dare? Oh, come on. You're rhyming too, said Elias. Am I rhyming or are you? Said the witch, and the third candle went out, leaving just the lantern behind the witch lighting the room. Elias could feel the dark creeping in on him. It felt like there were more things in the room now, hiding in the shadows, just waiting for him to fail. Elias had to figure out if this was the rhyming, questioning, or whispering witch. He had a feeling, though, that she was taking great care with her rhymes. So he went with his hunch. He looked down at her and said confidently, I hope there's nothing in the shadows here that could bite me. Like a wolf. The witch cleared her throat, <coughs> shuffled her feet, and the lantern behind her seemed to burn even brighter. And what would you say if I told you there was a wolf? Wait, said Elias. You can't rhyme wolf with wolf. Ah, but I wasn't finished. And what would you say if I told you there was a wolf? Brolf? Did you say brolf? said Elias. That's not a word. What? You've never heard brolf before? said the witch. You know, it's like friend, buddy, bro, brolf. Elias and the witch just stared at each other for a moment. Ah, okay, fine. I made it up. There's no word that rhymes with wolf. The candles lit again. The door behind the witch opened and she disappeared in a puff of smoke. <sighs> Elias smiled. He just needed to undo their way of speaking, and he could defeat them. He traveled into the next room, and it was exactly the same. It was like he hadn't gone anywhere at all, except now there was a tall, skinny witch ahead of him, with a neck that seemed to stretch like a tree trunk nearly to the ceiling. I'll save you the trouble said Elias, 
You don't have to rhyme. I know that was the last switch. So are you the whisperer or the questioner? Would you like to know? Said the witch. Are you getting nervous? One candle flickered out. Elias went over to one of the lit candles, picked it up, and pretended as if he was going to drop it on the floor. No, what are you doing? Yelled the witch, and up it went in a wisp of smoke. Okay, so I guess you were the whispering one, said Elias, as he walked through the door and back into the exact same room as before. Same lantern, same armoire, same three candles. Only this time, the witch looked meaner, the same height as Elias, and stared at him directly in the eyes. Okay, so I know you're the questioner, said Elias, but the question for me is, how do I get you to say something in the form of a statement rather than a question? Actually, the real question for you is what will happen when all the lights go out, said the witch. And one candle went dark. Hey, that's not fair. I hadn't started yet, said Elias. Hadn't you? said the witch, and another candle went out. That's not even a real question, said Elias. Isn't it? said the witch, and now only the lantern was lit. Elias knew if he said one wrong word, one misplaced syllable, the darkness would encroach, and who knew what would get him then? But what question could he ask that couldn't be answered also as a question? The words weren't there on the tip of his tongue. They weren't rattling around in his brain, waiting to come out. He had no idea. His mind was as dark as the shadows around him. He stared at the light of the lantern, knowing it soon would go out. Okay, I am here with my son and my editor, Griffin Messenger. Say hi to everybody, Griff. <laughs> and uh, what do you say? What did, you th- what did you think about that episode? Pretty good. Pretty good? Pretty good. <laughs> All right, do you have any questions about it? Um, I wonder what he should ask. Yeah, what do you think? So he has to say, say or do something to get the witch to make a statement that is not a question, right? So there's the statement which says something and then a question which asks something. He needs to get her to say something. It's a tricky one. I don't even know the answer. We're hoping that the listeners can help us out. How can we trick this witch into saying something that's not a question? I don't know. We're relying on you to do it. That's right. We're relying on the audience to do it. Okay, so this story came from a book that you and I are actually currently reading. What's the name of that book? The Witches by Roald Dahl. And what we kind of lifted from that story was that the grandmother of the narrator of the book tells him all about how to recognize witches, right? And so that's sort of like where the idea for this story came from. There are witches. Yeah, and so, I mean, obviously Roald Dahl is a famous author who wrote the BFG. He wrote James and the Giant Peach, Charlie the Chocolate Factory, Charlie Glass Elevator. Written so many great books. Charlie and the 
Glass Elevator is actually my favorite one of his books. Yeah, Charlie and the Glass Elevator is a great book. Yeah. All right, so anything else you want to talk about or ask about with this? All right, then what time is it? Art. That's right, art time. Okay, so for our artists today, we have Aroha, who's six, from San Francisco, Liam, who's 10, from Greenville, South Carolina, Arrow, who is six, Jane, who is seven, from Corvallis, Oregon, Haley and Andrew, from McAllen, Texas, and Andrew, <laughs> Drew Bebop, recording me singing in the shower, very tastefully done, <laughs> great work, Andrew, good job, Sam, who is five, from England, Sienna, who's seven, from Los Angeles, Alex, who's four, Cameron from Naples, Florida, Kai, who's six, and Milo, who's three, from Ojai, California, Gino and Silvio from St. Charles, Illinois, Tyson, who's six, from College Station, Texas, Eli, who's six, from Culver City, California, Vera, who's five, from Delaware, Ohio, Kennedy, who is five, Owen, who is six and three quarters, from Baltimore, Maryland, Emmeline, who's six, from Austin, Texas, Isaac, who is five, from Santa Paula, California, Kelty, who is six and a half, and Isla, who is four and a half, from Lafayette, Indiana, Oscar from Richfield, Minnesota, Vance and Otis from St. Louis, Missouri, Orion, who's six, and Brennan, who's four, and Deacon, who's two, from Pasadena, California, and Owen, who's four and three quarters. All right, thanks to all of our great artists, and now, what time is it, Griff? Art. Joke. <laughs> all right, joke time. Okay, for our jokes this week, we have two jokes from two Grams. The first one is from our friend Graham Engstrom, who sent in this Thanksgiving-related joke. Why did the space turkey go to fail jail? Foul play. <laughs> That's F-O-W-L, foul play. Great one. I love it, Graham. Thank you very much. Okay, and this joke is from our second Graham of the week. This is Graham from Rowley, Massachusetts, where, as a kid, I used to go to the Agawam Diner all the time <laughs> for breakfast. It was a treat that my dad took me to. So I was pleased to hear from somebody from Rowley, Massachusetts. Here is Graham. I'm Graham from Rowley, Massachusetts, and I have a joke for you. Are you ready? Okay. What's Volley's favorite sport? Volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay, finally, we have the brother and sister team of Gunner and Josie from Littleton, Massachusetts. And... They are great joke tellers, so I'm just going to let them do their thing. What do aliens eat for dinner? Um, I don't know what. Fishies. Fishies? <laughs> and paper. Of course. <laughs> Josie, what's your joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you, Gunner and Josie. Josie is two years old and already a great joke teller. <laughs> Thank you for that. And I want to thank our Sound Club participant this week, Ethan, who's seven. From Raleigh, North Carolina, Ethan made a sound where Elias is teleported over to the witch's shack. That was Ethan. Thank you so much, Ethan. Anything else you want to talk about today, Griff? Don't forget Sound Club! No one could ever forget Sound Club, my friend. Never. All right. Do you want to say goodbye to everybody? Bye, bye! Bye! <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Okay, thanks to everybody for coming back and having some more fun with us this week. And thanks to everyone who has sent in their art, their ideas, their jokes, and their sounds. It's making the show so much fun to make. Now, I have a special 
mission for you this week. We need to figure out how Elias can trick the witch. This is a different kind of puzzle than we had before. I need your creativity to figure it out. So if you could email me at earth at fincaspian.com, that's earth at fincaspian.com, send in your ideas. I could really, really, really use the help. The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian is a Gen Z kids production, written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger, with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. The theme music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg, the nicest human in the multiverse, and our cover art is by Sir Ian Dingman. For more information about the music, the art, everything about the show, check out the show notes. And thanks again for coming back and having more fun with us, and please... Please send me your ideas, because I really don't know right now. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. I think Jonathan just set a record for saying the word armoire the most times in a podcast episode. Congratulations, I guess.